When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. This is the Big Fight Preview for this week. And it feels a little bit like slim pickings this week, guys, because we haven't got a major amount of fights or anything that would be constituted as a, a big fight. However, there are some fights happening this weekend, which we felt like, because we'd not done a Big Fight Preview since the Marshall Cruz Desern fight, we wanted to bring something else to you this week. And Alicia Baumgartner and Christina Linadati are fighting for the undisputed super featherweight championship of the world. Then you've also got the likes of Nonito Donaire against Santiago for the WBC Bantamweight Championship as well. This coming weekend, you've got Josh Kelly back in the ring, Keish Asfak back in the ring. You know, they've got some interesting fights, some interesting names. And then you've got the debut of Andy Cruz, which I think is going to be one of the standout things to look for this weekend. If there's anything that you really want to tune into, I think that's going to be one of the things that hardcore boxing fans are really going to watch out for. But we will whip through a couple of these fights in this episode and talk about them uh, just in detail about what's really going to potentially happen in them this weekend because there isn't anything we can really sit and break down accordingly. So Alicia Baumgardner and Christina Linadatu, I think he's the one, because of all the titles on the line in this fight, he's probably the most significant in terms of titles this weekend. So that's probably the fight that I would say is worth talking about first. Baumgardner versus Linadatu. Now, an interesting fight because Linadatu has beaten Baumgardner in the past, whereas now they're fighting for the super featherweight undisputed crown. Now that Baumgardner's in that position, Linadatu is now fighting her for all the marbles in this division. So it does make for more of an interesting fight. And actually, even though I felt she lost against Mayer, I do actually like Baumgardner as a fighter. And she's got a little bit of sass and attitude towards her, but not on the same level as someone like Clarissa Shields. I like Baumgartner. I think she can be, at most parts, realistic about where boxing is at and, and where she is at as a fighter. So, you know, I can give her a lot of credit when it comes down to that sort of stuff. But that's probably the most significant fight in terms of titles this weekend, Johnson. So let's just have a little brief chat about that first before we move on to some of the other names fighting this weekend. Yeah, as you I mean, as you said, it is slim pickings, but this is definitely the standout fight of the weekend. And uh, Bam Gardner, Linderatu too, um, is a bit of a tongue twister there. Um, obviously, she's looking to avenge her sole career defeat, and she's ready to risk it all in front of her family and friends in her hometown of Detroit as well, which is uh, shows something about her. You know, she wants to gain re- avenge, I should say, that sole defeat. And yeah, doing it in her own backyard. And as you say, I do enjoy watching Bam Gardner. I thought she, uh, especially in the early exchanges against May, I thought she fought really well. And even towards the end of it as well, she's um, entertaining to watch. 
And um, I mean, they don't call her the bomb for nothing because she definitely has got a bomb in there at some point in her, you know, at times in her career. We've seen that. So um, yeah, I mean, Linda Rose, she, she, the first fight she took, it was an eight round. It was very early, and um, you know, she's she she has a she's another name. I should I should say for me. I mean, I, I know obviously losing to Katie Taylor and um, from before that, she's you know she she's not a bad fighter. Um, I just feel that Alicia Bam Gardner is a level above and I think that, you know, it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, you get that one defeat on your record and you want to, you want to avenge that and um, in front of your family and friends, she's fought around the country as well, to be fair to Elise. So, her fighting at home for, after not fighting there for such a while, it'd be nice for her. Um, it puts a little bit of pressure on her but I expect her to come through. I expect her to come through this fight, to be fair. I think she, she wins the fight. I think she wins it I think it'll be comfortable for her. I, I do think it'll be comfortable for her. I think she'll have Lena Darty's number this time around. I think she's improved a lot since their first fight. And I think it'll show in the ring on the early hours of Sunday morning. So that's the most significant fight in terms of titles this coming weekend. But if you want to look around at what else is going on, like Nonito Donaire and the WBC Bantamweight Championship, this guy just seems to this guy just seems to never never want to sort of end his career like this is a guy 42 7 and 0 and still fighting and he's fighting for the vacant wbc bantamweight championship i think he's he's, he's great that he's he's still got the ability to be able to cause problems at, at this at this stage of his career and and that you know he's gonna go in there against alejandro santiago and potentially be a champion once more i think that's quite it's quite some story really as well he's 13 years older than his opponent Santiago. He's forty years old now, Donna. If you could right. win this title again, man, he's just he's literally like a bona fide legend in this sport. And the fact that he's still fighting just proves that, you know, he keeps himself in such good condition all the time. I mean, he made his debut in two thousand and one for God's sake. Wow. This this is how long Nonito Dinaire's been fighting. So he's fighting for the WBC title this weekend. Potentially another champion in the mist in the bantamweight division, and potentially another big fight for him before he completely, completely calls time on his career. Uh, Frank Martin also fighting this weekend as well. He's got a big fight coming up this weekend. Josh Kelly in the UK. We're getting to see him back in the ring. He seems to be making a, a, a decent stride towards a career resurgence now. I think when we saw him in his last fight, in a fight where we potentially thought he was going to lose again against Troy Williamson. He came back and absolutely boxed beautifully to beat Troy Williamson, which I thought was fantastic. He won the British super welterweight crown by doing that as well. And now he's stepping up. He's got the WBO international super welterweight belt in this fight, but he's fighting somebody who is undefeated in Gabriel Alberto Corzo. Now, I can't really say I know much about Corzo as a fighter. He's fought most of his career if not all of it, in Argentina. And he hasn't really fought anybody of note. So whilst he's got a a large record, albeit a little bit padded as well, only three KOs on his record. So that, to me, indicates that there is not maybe a lot of power in this guy. But never sleep on a fighter. Never sleep on a fighter with these records. Because sometimes, even though the records don't look fantastic, when you look in the depths of them, doesn't mean they're not a good fighter. I think Josh Kelly, though, I think... He seemingly looks like he's kind of recovered and turned things around from a couple of years ago since he lost to Avenintian. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, since he lost to Avenintian, he's uh, uh, as you're right, Sean. Um, 
Liam, um, sorry, when he fought Williamson, um, I did tip Troy. I felt that Troy would eventually outwork him. And I, and I sort of felt the second half of that fight was where Troy was going to come on strong. I always felt that Josh Kelly was going to be the guy to take the early exchanges and then Troy would eventually impose himself. And that didn't happen. Uh, he was waiting for it to happen and it just never did because what we did see from Josh Kelly was he's, he was able to produce his superior boxing skills for the whole 12 rounds. And in fact, there were times where he looked the stronger going into the end of that fight as well. So biggest win of his career for me and showed a lot of ability. And then when you look at sort of Gal, Gal, uh, Gabriel Alberto Corzo, the, his opponent, um, as you say, there's, he's fought most of his career in Argentina. No one stands out. Yeah. You know, 18 and 0, not a big puncher. You would have to suggest that Williamson was a better, is a better opponent than this Corzo guy. Uh, but as you say, you know, it may, 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 you may even struggle to get some footage of this guy fighting in Argentina so often and and um, actually identifying what this guy's about. Um, so, you know, there is a potential banana skin there. I suppose you could sort of work it that way. Uh, yeah, I can't see this really. I'll be honest with you. I don't. I haven't seen the guy. And I'm sure. Is this the situation? You get these opponents, don't you, Sean? Where you'd have a Josh Kelly and he's fighting Corzo, and then you're not sure what you're going to get. But you know, the chances are it's going to be quite an easy night for Kelly. So it's, it's a showcase fight for him to impress and to look good. And I, I think that's pretty much what this opponent's going to bring. And it and it almost disguises it when you see the eight and and they can sort of bring this guy up to be so dangerous although he's only got three knockouts in his career but you know this dangerous opponent we don't know nothing I mean, no one knows about him but he's dangerous he's dangerous you know and then Josh goes and blows him out and everyone can say oh well look at his fantastic performance and I do think there's an element of that in it Sean to be honest with you um, but yeah I mean expecting Josh to come through um, especially if he produces the performance he had against Williamson but you just 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 touching on you about N- uh, Nanito Denaire, Um what a guy uh, I think it's a tough task for him, though, come Saturday night. But I think if anyone's going to do it, I think Nanito Donaire could well do it, even at his age, his ripe age. He's doing it for the old boys, waving the flag for us. Love it. <laughs> well, also on the card featuring Josh Shelley and Corzo is Case Ashback and Liam Dillon in a vacant British Super Featherweight Championship bout, which will be good, a good fight for the card. I'm actually going to tune into that particular fight because I think it's an interesting one. I've watched Liam on the southern area small hall circuit for quite some time and obviously Cash has been put on the bigger circuit for the last few of his fights. Uh, he lost to Mark Leach in 2020. He has been on the bounce back since then, whereas Liam hasn't lost a fight as yet. has got one draw on his record. Very interesting fight, a very well-matched fight for this title. So I'm going to say if you guys are tuning into this card, make sure you tune into that fight in particular because I think that might be the one that will be the best fight of the night on the card. You've got a couple of prospects on this card in Chloe Watson and Steve Robinson as well. Samuel Antwee's on this particular card as well. So if there's a couple of names that you might recognize there that are going to be there to tune into on this card. But I think I'm leaving this part till the last moment, which is really talking about the debut of Andy Cruz Jr. And this is this is what I'm really excited about this weekend. I said it was slim pickings, but this is a perfect weekend for someone like Andy Cruz Jr. to be making his debut because it won't be overshadowed by anything major, really. And I'm no disrespect to any of the other fights that are going on, but Andy Cruz Jr., he's 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 like Lomachenko in the sense that he's come from that pedigree, that background, and he's going to go straight into a 10-round fight 
against Juan Carlos Burgos, who is absolutely no slouch and is a really tough opponent for his first professional outing. But you can just envisage Andy Cruz Jr. just cruising, no pun intended, cruising <laughs> through this particular fight and showing the world how good of a fighter he is. And if you didn't tune into the Olympics, oh my God, you're in for a treat. You really are. Um, Andy Cruz, um, he dealt with, I think it was Pat McCormack. I think uh, when we run through the Olympics, or pre, pre-Olympics pre for the boxing and we sort of called out who we felt was going to come through and win. And when we see uh, that um, it basically Andy Cruz stood in the way, uh, I think that pretty much uh, put an end to, to uh, any hopes of a British gold medal for the Olympics because he went on to win the gold, obviously, in Tokyo. And he beat Kishung as well. And uh, Kishung, obviously, is a guy that also fought Burgos as well recently in an eight-rounder. And if you haven't seen the uh, Kishung Davis fight over those eight rounds, it's a unanimous, you'll see it as a unanimous victory on his behalf, but he absolutely demolishes Burgos. Like, he literally wipes the floor of him. He pans his ass, quite simply. And uh, Burgos is a guy that's going to stick around, though. He's, he's a very durable fighter. He's fought, as you say, he's, you know, he's got a good pedigree in terms of who he's fought. He's fought Mikey Garcia as well, uh, Devin Haney, you know, and he's never been stopped by any of them. Uh, this guy will stick around, and uh, at 35 years of age, he can work his way around the ring. He knows the know-how, and he's the perfect debut for someone like an Andy Cruz, who is a fantastic watch. Um, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you look at the Kishon final, for instance, how he moves, and he was just, he, he, he just, he's got everything about him. And these Cuban fighters, they always have shown, didn't they? Throughout all the years of boxing, and they had the, the bad where they could never turn professional. And obviously, Andy Cruz has done what he needed to do in the amateur game. Oh, I think it's 100, oh, just under 150 fights, 149 fights. I think he's had lost. Um, I think only nine or something like that. And, you know, he's not, not a huge puncher, though. Doesn't knock too many guys out. But you know it's difficult in the amateur games. You know, the glove situation, the, the limited rounds, it's about collating points rather than actually knocking the guy out. So, but he looks fantastic. You know, when you've seen him in those fights in the amateur level, he was head and shoulders above anyone in his division, in his lightweight division. And, um, yeah, I, I think Burgess is in for a long night. I don't think he's going to get... I mean, I don't think it will be a stoppage, but you just don't know. With the smaller gloves, sits down on his punches a bit more, Andy Cruz. He could knock out Burgess, which is sad that no one's done. I don't think anyone has done, and no one's certainly, uh, as people have come close, but they've never, ever managed to find that knockout blow. It would be a huge statement if he get it. I'm expecting to just literally, like Sean did, literally pace this guy around the ring for 10 rounds, but... Yeah, one to look out for, though, Sean. Uh, enjoy watching him in the Olympics. Enjoy watching him as an amateur, a decorated amateur career. And as you say, can he follow the footsteps of someone like a Lomachenko? I mean, we'll have to see. But, the, you know, like the Ukraine and the Cuban fighters, they, they've they just got an absolute ability. When Even when they step into the pro, pro game, I don't think it's going to be any different. I think Andy Cruz is the guy to look out for, guys. I really do. And if you get the chance to watch him, please do, because he's a lovely watch. Does he become a world champion, though, Johnston? In this division, it's a big ask. Um, I think he's going to need to do a... He's got a lot of work to do, but I think he's going to have the bollocks to want to go in and do it and do it quickly. Um, it could be fast. I mean, he's a skillful fighter, Sean. Yeah, I mean, he could be. He's very skilled. And Cubans, you know, you know what the Cubans are like in the amateur game. They dominate amateur boxing at times. And 
if pr- pretty much all the time, every, throughout all the decades, every time there's Olympics, Cubans are always up there. And um, it's nice to be able to see them sort of switching over. The amount of fighters that have been amateur fighters in the Olympics throughout the years, even when they'd done the, the, the series of boxing, the uh, back um, when you used to have the British Lion, uh, Lions and stuff, the Cubans are always up there with uh, sort of like the Latvians and all were good. Kazakhs always fantastic. But generally, Cuban fighters are fantastic to watch. They can fight in, out, at range. They can fight in range. They're slippery. I mean, he's a nightmare for anyone. Uh, just get some wins. I mean, he could get fast stretch on. Who knows? But the lightweight, super lightweight. Wherever we, I mean, he, he thought it was a lightweight. He looks like he's going to fight a super lightweight. I mean, he, he he's going to be. I don't know. I mean, where's he? Where's he going to be? His perfect weight he probably would be that weight. I mean, he's going to know his body more than anyone else. And um, I don't know. I mean, he could do Sean. I mean, he, there's no doubt about it. The guy has got talent. So yeah, if you have no one seen him, go and have a look. Go and have a look at Kashun. The the, the the final cruise and Kashun. Fantastic fight, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Andy Cruz is sublime, sublime boxer. Can he can he turn it over? I mean, Lomachenko did. So I don't know. What do you think, Sean? I think he can become a world champion. I think it can be fast tracked. I think he's 27 years of age. He could have a good 10 years in this sport, and I think within maybe two or three, you know, he's probably cleaning up divisions. It just depends on how fast they want to move in. Like they did with Lomachenko, they put him in a world title fight in his second pro outing, which, to be fair, he didn't win. But following that, he was just classed as unbeatable for quite some time. So I could see Cruz going down the same route as Lomachenko. I just hope he does live up to the hype because he wouldn't have been signed if they didn't think he could excel to those heights. He's going to bring in that Hispanic and Latino crowd. People are going to want to support him. They're going to want to see him do well. There's not many fighters that ever get to turn over from that Cuban regiment. So I think if you can see someone like him become successful and become a world champion, you know, it's going to pave the way maybe for more of the Cuban fighters to start looking at that and going, do you know what? Now this sort of ban's been lifted. We can all throw our names into the hat and start really pushing forward in our careers. So I'm excited to see. That's dangerous to think about. The Cubans doing that. If they follow that suit, well, uh, I'll tell you what, the rest of the nations are in trouble. It's going to be good. It's going to be good to see how his journey goes. Uh, It's an exciting start, a tough fight for him. But if he comes through that with flying colours, then I think that he's going to be an exciting few years with Andy Cruz. And, you know, it won't be long before he's starting to call those big names in that division. And it's a very stacked division, as we know. So, there's going to be a lot of competitive fights out there that Andy Cruz could be within in the next 12 to 18 months. But let's just see how they manage him. Let's see how they promote him first. Let's see what they do with him. Because if they do the right things with him, like I say, within a couple of years, he's going to be a superstar. He's going to be one of the faces of this sport. If he is managed right and he's put into the right fights and he's not given just journeyman after journeyman after journeyman, he he is ready. He is ready to go straight in at the deep end, I think. So I'm excited to see it. That's probably the most exciting thing for me of the weekend, but I'm not remissing any of the other fights because there are some good, notable things potentially happening this weekend in the sport. A little quieter for now, but as we start to get into the new season of boxing, that's when all the big fights start to come into fruition. We've seen some heavyweight fights get signed. We've just done a separate episode on the heavyweight debate about some of those fights that have been signed. In a few weeks, we've got Cambosis Jr. and Maxi Hughes. We've also got the likes of 
Jazza Dickens back in action. We've also got the likes of Fulton Jr. versus Anue. And of course, we've got the big fight at the end of the month for Spence Jr. and Terence Crawford. Many, 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 many. I know, finally. Many, many yes. conversations to have. <laughs> yes. I still won't believe it until Tim walked down that, that, that aisle to get in that ring. I still won't believe it until the night. Honestly, I can see them someone getting injured. Oh, please don't. No, 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 no. Please don't tempt Faye now because we've been waiting for this fight for years. <laughs> years. So can't wait to do it. We are going to do a big fight preview that week and we will do a welterweight special as also that week. So please do make sure you tune in for that. And tune in to our Career Profiles podcast as we have started to release our episodes in this season. Please go and look at Wilfred Benitez and Tex Rickard, the likes of people like Emil Griffith, We've got people like Lennox Lewis even coming up as well. So please make sure you tune in. Subscribe to the Career Profiles podcast. You can also find the episodes on the main BTR Boxing Podcast feed as well. If you want to get the episodes earlier, you can do by becoming a patron by signing up to patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast. If you do that, you will get early access to that episode or those episodes in particular and other patron-only content as well as getting ad-free versions of the episode as well as being able to support this podcast and our network in general. But that is it. We did say it was slim pickings this week. It pretty much is slim pickings, so it is a short episode. And we do hope you've enjoyed our perspective, our take, our information about this weekend's fights. If you've got any thoughts and feelings on any of the topics that we've covered, please let us know at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, or you can find us at BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on TikTok as well. That is it for this episode. We will be back next week as we aim to cover some more fights and potential fight announcements. See you next time. Podcast Network.